It's the Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to this special WrestleMania edition of the Weekend Show. Garrett, WrestleMania. Altered format. format, slightly. Altered format, slightly, today. Uh, we're recording on location in, in Garrett's room yes. today. Because Ken came up for WrestleMania. Yeah, I slept over for WrestleMania, just like old times. You, you used to live here, Ken. You used, yeah. to, you used to be a thing. Now you have to, like, take a day off work and come up here. God, you're such an old man now. Yeah, I have responsibilities. It sucks. Mm. But, um, yes, the, uh, the 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 thing you touched on there, Gary, was I actually took a whole day off work just to watch WrestleMania. Yeah. Hashtag priorities. I was off today anyway, so. <laughs> Gary's a job now. Yeah. I'm not a bum. I'm less of a bum. Still kind of a bum. But, Gary, uh, we watched the show of shows last night, WrestleMania 32 at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Uh, it was an eventful night. It was a long night. Very long. Including the pre-show, it was seven hours long. Seven, seven whole very, very long hours. Seven hours. But uh, coming up on the show, we'll talk the, the whole of the WrestleMania weekend, all the festivities, including the Hall of Fame ceremony and the much, uh, much lauded NXT TakeOver Dallas. Yep. Many people are calling that there, WrestleMania. That will tell you maybe what people's opinion of the card was on the big night. And there was a bunch of evolved WWN shows this weekend, Ken? Yeah, well, you know. You haven't seen, and I think only one of them is actually available to watch at this stage. And Ring of Honor had shows, but no one actually paid any attention to Ring of Honor this weekend. Because yeah. they were, didn't do anything that was on iPay-Per-View or put on demand in a prompt, timely process. But I think, you know, before they cornered the market at WrestleMania weekend with their uh, Super Card of Honor shows, but now everyone's getting in on the on the act, you know, like I said, WWN and Evolve. <coughs> like WWN. Excuse, Excuse me. Yeah, WWN like, and, and Gabe and Evolve. They bust their ass for this weekend. Yeah. You know, they're like, we're bringing in Will Ospreay and, and Marty Skrull and Kota Ibushi and we're going to try and put together these awesome shows for you and Ring of Honor are just like, eh, Cole yeah. Cabana showed up again. Yeah. Like, I think they've gotten a bit complacent because they kind of find that like they have a right to, you know... And they sold out. Or at least they said they sold out. Apparently Evolve had, had more people. Uh, they feel like they have a right to rest them any weekend because they were there first, basically. Mm. So maybe they're getting a bit complacent with it. Uh, I always enjoyed the, the Ring of Honor shows on WrestleMania weekend, but uh, they're kind of light on bankable talent these days, really, aren't they? And they have Jay Lethal and the Young Bucks. They had the Young Bucks this weekend. Yeah. People that like, like, but like, out of people you'd really pay to see. You wouldn't pay to see the Young Bucks, Ken? Well, I'm saying that's like two people. Ken hates the Young Bucks. I do hate the Young Bucks. I find them arrogant. But that's that's their gimmick. I don't like their gimmick then. They've worked you into a shoot, Ken. A shoot them. Okay, that's fairly extreme. But we won't talk about Ring of Honor because their shows aren't available to watch. I've watched some of an Evolve show. Great One match. So why did you bring up all this, uh, all this indie wrestling when we can't talk about it because we haven't a clue what we're talking about? Well, Will Osprey was rest of the star of WrestleMania weekend, Ken. The Americans have finally accepted him as one of the best wrestlers in the world. They rejected him because, you know, he's British, and they're like, no, British can't be best wrestler in the world. And they throw one of their American hissy fits so they can have, like... They can Johnny take, Gargano! Yeah, Jimmy Rave or someone. Uh, and, and then instead, it's, it's, it's Will Ospreay, because he's freaking amazing. And he'll only get better, Ken. He's 22. He's only, he's only 22? He's 22. That's actually scary. Yeah, he's debuting in New Japan next Sunday. Amazing. So he he had like five, four or five like awesome matches this weekend by this weekend by all accounts, and then he's gonna wrestle Kushida on the New Japan card next Sunday, and he's probably gonna have like an all time best April. Is he new AJ? He is new AJ. AJ is no longer AJ. He's like WWE AJ. AJ is old Osprey now. <laughs> but um, we'll start with the one I haven't watched, the Hall of Fame. How's the Hall of Fame, Ken? 
It was uh, four hours long. Yeah. It's always, that's always the case. They always like, we're, we're, it's going to be shorter this year. We're going to get through it in like two and a half hours. And it was then, advertised for two and a half hours. And then someone rambles for 40 minutes. You get a, uh, Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson went on forever, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that he, was a nice speech until they cut him off. He, uh, Mike Tyson didn't go on forever. Uh, he went on, for, he rambled literally incoherently for about five minutes and then said sorry and walked off. Yeah. I think you're thinking of Mr. T. Oh, Mr. T, yes, in his mama speech. You get someone like that, that was a few years ago, yeah. who will just go on forever. Or Lita. Remember Lita? Yeah. God, she wouldn't shut up. Yeah. But anyway, this year. Uh, this year, uh, the first inductee was The Godfather. Whole train. Uh, yeah, who kept it pretty short. Partly because he probably knows that he was lucky to be there in the first yeah. place. Just like, it's pretty cool, I'm here, bye guys. <laughs> Remember the whole train? Yeah. That was it. Like, people, people like, dump on the Hall of Fame. But, like, it's not something to take seriously. Yeah. You know, it's a nice night once a year where wrestlers get up on stage tell stories and be respected in front of their peers and get, so get, the whole fame is. get recognized for their input yeah. and in fairness you know over over a couple of decades uh, uh the godfather in his various incarnations had quite a big contribution to wwe yeah i'll try and... he was a uh, papa shango as well he was involved in that match where where sit shit his pants wasn't he yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> and he was also um i can't remember the name mustafa was yeah Part of the Nation of Domination at one stage before he got dumped out of it. And became the Godfather. Yeah. And he got over by yeah. bringing lewdly dressed women down to the ring and pretending to be their pimp. Yeah. God, the Attitude Era was terrible. It was a different time, but uh, that's that's probably another podcast here. That's probably the reason he couldn't say anything. It's like, remember when I pimped out all those women? Yeah. yeah. That was basically it. He's like, I can't tell you any stories because I'm not allowed. Yeah. Um, we also had uh, Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, having the Dallas connection, being a native of Dallas, inducted the Hall of Fame. She kept it short and sweet as well, which I appreciated. She she's, a, she's a badass. She's just kind of like, I really enjoyed my time. I wouldn't change it for anything. Thank you. Like Thanks there, to the fans. There was a match in TNA where she had a trash can on her head and Gail came hither with, I think it was a chair or a kendo stick. And it knocked her front of her teeth out. And Jackson was just like, let's keep going. Because <laughs> she's a badass. <laughs> she's, a, she's a legit badass. And... Uh, the first ever uh, women's champion of the modern era. That will have bearing on the WrestleMania talk in yeah. a little bit. Uh, the first ever women's champion bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen. I hate when they do that. I hate when they're like, oh, the past didn't happen. We're making history. It didn't used to be the women's title, we swear. WWE like to revise history there, but uh, that's no, nothing new. But uh, Stan Hansen, up next. Uh, Stan Hansen's a cool guy. Give a really nice speech. Inducted by Vader, who went totally went into business for himself. Yeah. He was just like... Like, he spent, like, three minutes posing during his entrance. <laughs> and then it, then he was like... Uh, was Vader wearing the mask? No, he was not wearing the mask. And then he was like, I was... I, I wrestled Stan Hansen. I was like, okay, that's relevant. And he was like, I was a tough guy. My eye popped out at one stage. Yeah. I was like, I made a funny joke. And then, like... Well, in fairness, Stan Hansen did knock the eye out. Yeah. I saw he wore the glasses with the yeah. eye thing. That was, like, that was a good gag. But then at the, after that gag, nobody was laughing. He was like, come on, you got to give it up. And then he, he refused to continue until the crowd laughed. Fair play. Yeah. If you if you have good good jokes, Ken, if people don't laugh at them, you make them laugh at your jokes. But uh, yeah, basically, that's the reason our podcasts are as long as they are. Yeah, I think I, I think I sent out a tweet uh, on the night that said, uh, uh, "Vader knows he's not being inducted." Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he will be eventually. Though. He will he will be eventually, but he basically uh, sucked up the limelight when he could. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't the only one to do that in the night. I'll get to that in a minute. Woo. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, Stan Hansen gave a very nice speech. Kind of got a bit confused at times. Like, I think he's starting to show his age because, like, he's saying he's senile. 
Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he was a very nice man. I met but, him once. Uh, and and, and I, we bond. I was wearing a Sheffield United jersey and we bonded over soccer. Yeah. And he, it was his daughter, he said. It's like, oh, my daughter plays soccer. And I'm like, cool. We're pals now, Stan Anson. No, he's a really nice, nice man, which is contrary to his persona in the ring. Yeah, where he like, basically beat your faces. <laughs> Just beat up people. And like and he legit beat people up. People are like, I tell horror stories about yeah. surviving his matches. That's how they describe it. But, uh, you know, he he gave a nice speech. You know, he talked about the importance of, of the opponent. And, you know, like a lot of time he felt grateful for being in the right place at the right time. And, um, yeah, as I said, he got lost a few times. So, like, every time he was kind of on a train of thought, he just kind of he got a bit confused. And then he kind of... You hate Stan Hansen, yeah. Ken hates Stan Hansen. I don't hate... I, I met Stan Hansen, and I was very polite to him, despite not knowing who he was at the time. <laughs> yeah, did, I see he talked mostly about Japan, did he? Yeah, he talked about Japan. Because, uh, like, his... his... North American career was pretty like non-eventful. Well, he was the AWA champion. Yeah, and uh, he ne- he didn't really talk about his uh, time in the WWE except the time he broke Bruno's neck. Woo! Which is when they banished him to Japan. So technically, his uh, career he owes his career to breaking some of the neck, breaking someone's neck. So, yeah. So uh, yeah. Next. Uh, the uh, Snoop Doggy Dog. Woo! Uh, the celebrity, 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 celebrity honorary. Uh upset about that yeah who cares <laughs> he a... was oh no he gave it like a, a nice little speech and he was kind of grateful for it but then you're like you showed up a few times party with divas and you're a hall of fame yeah. worthy like i don't have any problem with the ho- the celebrity wing of the hall of fame because there are celebrities that had a huge influence on the history of, of wwe mike tyson floyd mayweather mr t mr t those would like be legit all of it even donald trump yeah. has a case yeah <laughs> Because he hosted a couple, of, a couple of them, and he he, he performed on one. And uh, and at the time, it was the most profitable WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, I think it's still the most bought. For some reason, I have to check that though. I hated it. Anyway, Lashley and Umaga. That was a I bad hate, match. I didn't like that. Whole, I didn't like that whole match. WrestleMania really. What was that? Twenty three. Yeah. What was the main event of twenty three? Michaels and Cena. That was a good match. It was alright. Yeah. It was alright. But Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop Dogg got inducted. Yeah, he kind of... All these celebrity honorees kind of just try to be humble and keep it brief because they know that the fans don't want them there, basically. Yeah, the, the people that booed Miriam Menounos for inducting Bob Backlund sucked, though. Yeah. Like, I, I remember she posted because she didn't get to do all her speech the way she wanted and she posted it online the day after. And it's like, that was a really nice tribute to Bob Backlund and the people who booed her suck. But anyway, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, yeah, he's in there. That's good. Um... Uh, Joan London received the Warrior Award, which is uh, now I think you branded like the PR Award. Yep, it's it's not the the award for people who contributed a lot behind the scenes to WWE and don't get the the, the spotlight they deserved, which is what Warrior wanted the award to be. They co-opted it again in typical WWE scumbaggy fashion to turn it into their shitty little PR award to get to pat themselves in the back and uh, release a nice press release. Uh, and the re- recipient Joan London, she gave a very nice speech, you know, yeah. about you know. I don't uh, begrudge there, but. Still, it's not she gave a very nice speech, and uh, she appeared in WWE a total of one times. I, I don't know. I never heard of her. She, you know, that she was in jo- involved in the the season Susan B. Coleman, the, the backpack month. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but uh, like WWE do a lot of charity work, yeah. and it should be admirable if they weren't so sleazy about it. Yeah, they don't like like they never do the kind of thing where they just do it and like. You never hear about it. Yeah. That's I, what charity work should be. And the thing is, in the age of social media, it will get out anyway. Yeah. Whoever benefits will... Just don't say it yourself, because that makes you look like... It's like, oh, look how good I am for doing this charity work. We're legitimate. Yeah, there's scumbag. It's, it's sleazy. It's like, it stop is. Stop it. 
But uh, it was all very nice and everything. Um, Warrior's wife presented the award for the second year in a row. Uh, this is her shtick now. She feels like part of the WWE family, apparently. She went on for like 15 minutes in her speech. That's part of the reason it went on so long. Mm. She just kept on going on about how great the WWE is, how great the award is. And how Warrior is a saint all of a sudden. Yeah. Like the one of the things that like uh like the whole the, the whole point of the award it's supposed to embody the spirit of the ultimate warrior. One of the things homophobic uh, and and hating Jews. Yeah, one of the <laughs> is things, that who they honor? What, exactly. One of the points was it's supposed he's uh, uh, supposed to mirror his compassion. I was like, when the fuck did he ever show compassion? Sorry, sorry. Language, Lang- language Ken. This is a family show. This is a family podcast. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, well, you know. I do hate that. I think I'm one of those people. I think it's one of those things that, like, next year probably won't even be there. <laughs> to be honest, they'll probably lose patience with it. The Warrior Award. Yeah. Uh, so long as they can release a press release, it'll be there. And Stephanie can tweet about how, how like, so, uh, companies that, that, that do that kind of work are the companies that win. Which totally miss, misses, like, the, the cause and effect there, more than likely. Yeah. It, it's not companies that do more charity work, do better, make more profits. It's companies that make more profits, do more charity work, because they have the money to do it. And the social missing the the direction of the relationship, and in my have, opinion. And they have the social responsibility to do it. As I, well. I hate, I hate like uh, the corporate social corporate responsibility. I think it's a load of bullshit. But that's basically what I just talked about two minutes ago. Good work, Karen. Yeah. Uh, the Freebirds went in the Hall of Fame. Oh. Uh, finally. Um, Known racist Michael Hayes inducted by black men. Yeah. It's just like, is so shitty. It's just like, <laughs> my, apparently Michael Hayes requested it because he's a big fan of the group. Yeah, sure. Uh, he's a big fan of the group if they save his job. I'm basically. not a racist. <laughs> Thumbs up. Uh, uh, Jimmy Garvin gave a very nice speech. He seemed like a very nice balanced man, uh, family man. I'll watch the Hall of Fame. I should watch the Hall of Fame. Uh, 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 Ray Gordy made an appearance for, for the first time uh, since 2010. Uh, you, you may remember him as Jesse from Jesse and Festus uh, yeah. before they sacked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a good wrestler. Yeah, he he. Uh, obviously, he obviously accepted the award on behalf of his dad Terry Gordy and um, Jimmy Jack. Uh, is it Jimmy Jack? No, uh, Buddy Roberts. Is it? Yeah. Is the other guy? His son also accepted on his behalf. Jimmy Jack is the fellow who was actually there. Yeah. Uh, or Jimmy Jam. Sorry, <laughs> they have weird names. Um. Michael Bay, Michael Hayes, uh, literally sucked every moment out of it. Uh, yeah. He he went. There is to, not a spotlight. He will not exploit for his yeah. own gain. He went into promo mode. He 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 sang a song at the end, dancing around the crowd. Um, they danced at the start. They sang Bad Street USA, didn't they? They did sing Bad Street USA. Uh, Jimmy literally couldn't breathe for the first half of the speech because they were dancing around at the start. <laughs> so it was kind of sad to watch. Uh, it was cool. Like they deserved their spot in the Hall of Fame. You know, it's Dallas. You know, a lot of the inductees had... uh, Pretty much all of them did. Had a Texas connection. Even, like, Sting lives in Texas. Yeah. Uh, And he probably would have started out in Texas, I'd imagine, wouldn't he? Uh, No idea. I have no idea either. No, he would have started out in California. He would have started out West Coast. Why did he live in Dallas if he's from California? I don't know. I'm sure people live in different cities than they were born in all the time, Ken. Not me. (laughs) But, yeah, I think... uh, like they kind of poked fun a lot at the fact that they finally got in the Hall of Fame, despite like the fact that they get in trouble all the time, and that which probably delayed their induction because they're racist. Yeah, <laughs> well, Michael Hayes is. Jimmy, poor Jimmy is not racist. He's he very might, nice. well, he might not be. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to assume he's not because I think you, you basically assume most people aren't racist. You don't go in like the with the working assumption of all people are racist, and you have to prove to me you're not. Okay. You hate Australians, so you're racist. 
I don't hate Australians, and I might add that this podcast has been racism-free for at least two episodes now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, interesting, interesting side note: uh, Stan Hansen's wife is Japanese. Well, good so, for him. Well, he lived there for quite. Well, yeah. I may not live there, but he worked there for a considerable portion of time. Yeah, so like half his kids are Japanese and half his kids are Caucasian, because I'm assuming he had a first wife as well. Well, that's so, weird. It's a very diverse family. Yeah. So we we support diversity here at the weekend show. That's why I mention it. Except Australians, because Ken hates them. I I I don't I don't hate I don't hate Australians. I just don't care for aspects of their personality, but I can accept that some of them are nice people. That's uh, <laughs> slight racism. Well, you know, I think as you said, Gar, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Stinger. Or the other way around. Stinger. Stinger went into the Hall of Fame. He kept it very brief. Uh I think the, the best way to can describe it, uh, I said on Twitter was uh Twitter, you know, where most social commentary takes place these days. Uh, it was dignified, it was kind of to the point, and it was witty, and uh, uh, the big news was that Sting uh, officially announced his retirement at the end of the speech. I found that weird. Yeah. Because, like, this TMZ reported it about a month ago, and then in the entire build-up, like, Sting was doing media for the Hall of Fame and stuff, every, every interview he's like, I'm not sure whether I'm retiring, I still want the Undertaker match. And he did want the Undertaker match. The main reason he went there was for the Undertaker match, and WWE are too shitty to give it to him. Because, yeah. oh, yeah, let's give him a Triple H match, because that's what everyone wants to see. Triple H against Sting. Well, he loses. The Bray Wyatt Undertaker match was so essential last year. They absolutely had to do it. They couldn't give Sting the one match he bloody wanted. Where Triple H beat him with a sledgehammer and he got up and shook his hands. Yeah. And, and, and that's a theme. They buried Sting last year and they, AJ lost this year. So clearly, uh, they don't, yeah, they don't hold TNA against anybody, do they? Yeah. It's a, it's a worrying trend, some might say. Yeah. But uh, one of the points I want to make before I talk a little bit more... If I Bobby Roode and Austin Aries, I'd be worried. Are you quite finished, Gar? I'm finished. Staying. It's okay, Gar. Yeah, before I get into in-depth about what he spoke about, um, Ric Flair inducted oh, Sting. Oh, Flair. <laughs> and Ric Flair proceeded to talk about himself for about 90% of the speech. <laughs> yeah, typical Flair. <laughs> it's like, I love you, Triple H. I love my wife, my daughter. Stand up, daughter. You're the best. Uh... <laughs> I was I was monitoring Twitter during the Hall of Fame because I I didn't watch any of this stuff because I'd work earlyish in the mornings. So I was working like, man now. I shouldn't stay up even though I'm still awake because naturally I don't sleep. Um, so I should I I should just I should have just watched it. Um, and people on Twitter were like, "Does Rick realize he's not going into the Hall of Fame for a third time? Yeah. He's already had two goals as well. <laughs> yeah. he wouldn't mind, but I." Literally. Also saw someone tweet. It's like because uh, based on everyone always turns on Sting. Yeah. It's like just as Sting comes out, Flair nails him and steals his Hall of Fame ring. Yeah. It's like I got three. Yeah. <laughs> One for each finger eventually. Yeah. But uh, he'll probably get inducted for like evolution eventually or, as well. As Charlotte's manager, then he'll be up to five. Yeah. Five time. Five time. But uh, the idea yeah. of a two-time Hall of Famer is stupid, isn't it? Isn't Booker T also a two-time Hall of Famer? No. The Harlem Heat got inducted. Did they? I think so. I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, these Hall of Fame things after like two years they just merge into one. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was a uh, it was long. It was really long. It was a nice evening. I thought uh, the speeches were nice. Most people had the sense to keep it brief. Keep yeah, Sting is kinda of, he's always been a relatively humble man. Yeah. He was never gonna go like an hour talking about himself. He's kinda of like the same as Stone Cold, like he didn't He's not in the business, of, as you said, Gareth, talking about himself. But Austin will talk about himself all the time. No. Yeah, but, uh, Austin will pretend to be humble and talk about how great he is. They didn't give him time anyway, but uh, in 2009. Oh, well, yeah, that was the one where they had the clock. That was yeah. the worst. But uh, The literal clock and at the back of the stadium, counting people down. But Sting, he kept it simple. He thanked the people who he wanted to thank. He, he thanked the fans. 
uh, and that was you know he kind of gave a few funny stories and it was his retirement but it was kind of strange it didn't seem shoehorned in there at the end and it did seem a bit insincere in the way he delivered it almost mm. like he was instructed to deliver it I feel like he probably was yeah um, I don't know I think this the Undertaker match could still be on for next year otherwise I would have I would have probably put my weight behind an Undertaker retirement match this year to boost the card because well, it was a bit light he had a retirement match that he won and didn't have to retire true there are spoilers. There's a stipulation. People have seen WrestleMania. We're not even talking about WrestleMania. This is right? a, We're in the Hall of Fame segment. All right. This is a WrestleMania review podcast. <laughs> anyway, Hall of Fame. That's it. Yeah. It was. It was okay. It was the same. It's always been. Uh. Yeah. It was long. Ad- <laughs> it was advertised for two and a half hours, and and it, and like the first half it went really quick because people were kind of kind of getting in and out, and then the the free uh free words came on and went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Everything fell apart with Michael Hayes. And like I think uh. Uh, Ric Flair, like when uh, Ric Flair went into business for himself, Vader went into business for himself. Uh, so you know, the Hall of Fame is not uh, a, uh, immune to wrestling politics. It seems. Yeah, what Vader doesn't have much going for him. Yeah, he had to wrestle Bram on Impact last year. Yeah, he's, who remembers he's, that? He's like sixty years old. He still does like UK indie shots. Yeah, he doesn't move that well at all. No, he basically like does those matches where people fly off him, and then he does the Vader bomb, and that's it. Yep. It's Vader. Ah. But uh, Vader was good though. He was good in his day. He was, he was. great in his day. But like, uh, it's 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 kind of a a pat in the, like what's WWE's kind of thing. It's just a pat in the back. Yep. But uh, you know, people deserve recognition, and for the most part, the people being inducted did deserve it, uh, because of their place in wrestling history. Other people didn't. That's always going to be the way with the Hall of Fame, and uh, I don't think I'll ever watch it live again. That's that's. I use if I if I'm not doing anything, I'll usually watch it live because I like the Hall of Fame. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like I like to watch it. Like, like I like being there at the Hall of Fame. We've been at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. A, a if, I, if, I, if I ever went back to WrestleMania, I probably wouldn't go to it. Yeah. Because usually these days it clashes with like Evolve or Ring of Honor, and I'd go to one of them instead. Yeah, I remember one year it clashed with Dragon Gate, so we went to that instead. But it was uh, the year Ted DiBiase headlined. Ooh. It wasn't a great year, but uh, I kind of like the people watching. Do you know when they're all arriving? You know. And you never know who's going to be there because there's some randos from the past to yeah. show up. So it's kind of interesting in that sense. Um, there's talks that they're opening a physical Hall of Fame um, in Orlando, which coincides with WrestleMania in Orlando next year. So, But that's mostly been debunked. Yeah. The place that we're supposed to go to is being turned into a restaurant or something. Yeah. Uh, but like, the, apparently the format is that everyone that's in the Hall of Fame has their own statue Ooh. is what they're planning like the statues the that bronze ones the terrible bronze ones that look nothing like the people they're supposed to be yeah so they're like a statue of fucking Snoop Dogg yeah <laughs> and Bob Uecker yeah <laughs> and Pete Rose so I don't think everyone's getting a statue somehow but uh, the Hall of Fame is the same every year I watch it because I'm a glutton for punishment <laughs> and uh, well, you know it's the kind of like Wrestlemania there was good parts there was bad parts on, aver- on, on balance it was entertaining but uh, if I could have watched the highlights package, I probably would have watched that. Yep, that's all of fame. Uh, coming up after the break, we talk NXT uh, TakeOver Dallas. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. NXT TakeOver Dallas. Yeah, it was uh, probably a highlight of WrestleMania weekend for... Uh, many of the attendees for uh, yeah, the Triple H fan brigade uh, I think it was part of the Wrestlemania package this year so um, you don't want to be it pushed up the price by quite a bit but uh, yeah, those secondary market tickets were absurd so you're getting uh, NXT 
and Raw as part of the package now, which is it's not bad. Um, Access seemed like it was pretty cool this year as well. Yeah, you got to Access once, you know. But the WrestleMania packages went up to as much as $6,000 this year. That's stupid money. That's crazy. That's like, like stupid money. At the time, you know. Two O's. At the stupid. time, when I went to my first WrestleMania, it was my dream. So I, I went big on the first one. I bought mm-hmm. the package, bought the ringside seat, and that cost about a thousand euro. And I thought that was too much. Yep. So my, at the time, my WrestleMania ticket was $750 for a premium seat. And I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> for for a four-hour event. At least now they're giving you more value for money, Ken. It's a seven-hour event now. Yeah. But when I look at my ticket, I, I just go, like, what was I thinking? Like, I never... We never spent that kind of money on WrestleMania again. Like, we went... I went five times. Gars went three times. Um, you know, we have... Like, the, the amount we spent varies. But... Uh, it is an expensive business going to WrestleMania, so... It, it is. is. Even just the ticket is expensive business. But, like, front row tickets cost in excess of $1,000 these days. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's not worth it. It's like, really not worth like it. My, my ceiling, if I were to go again, would be, like, two two fifty. Yeah, and you get, you get decent seats for that in those stadiums. Yeah. But when you're really far back, you know, just watch it at home. <laughs> yeah. Like, I saw, like especially... I know some people who, like, went there and, like, I'm just not going to go. It's not uh, worth it. Not worth it to sit like right up in the nosebleeds where you literally get nosebleeds in a 100,000 100, seat stadium. Yeah. It's just like, well, I'll go to all the other events and just watch it in the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, there are some people that, like, like you say, you know, you go for the atmosphere and just to be a part of it. But, you know, watching the wide shots from WrestleMania last night, and we will get onto NXT TakeOver Dallas, don't worry. Yeah. Um, it just didn't seem worth it, like, all the way back there. It's yep. like, you're just occupying a seat. Little specs. You're watching, yeah. you're watching a big screen. Yeah. Just that it happens to be in the same building that the event is happening yeah. around a lot of people. Yeah. That's what you're going for. <laughs> I guess so. But, uh, uh, NXT TakeOver. American Alpha against the... What, you, what are the they called? The Revival. Yeah. Dash it? and Dawson. What did they used to be called? No, I think they just called Dash and Dawson. Yeah. Before. Okay. The Revival. Yeah. Aaron Anderson and Tully... Uh, t- uh, Ole Anderson and... Uh, Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Yeah. There you go, girl. You got there in the got end. Got there in the end. I was uh, there first. Then for some reason I, I detoured to Ole. This was a very good opener. It was a very good choice for the opener. Um... And it was kind of a nice departure from uh, Enzo and Cass. As much as I like their shtick, yeah. I think they've had their shot. And it's, it's, they'll they'll win in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, they'll win eventually. Uh, but it just seemed like uh, these guys like uh, kind of their time has passed now because they've lost so many times. Yeah, but, but they're build they they're, they were building towards Jordan Gable for quite some time now. Yeah. I did like uh, I think it was Tom Phillips on commentary said it's like oh, and they're in a tag team title match after only teaming since July and I'm like that's been nine months. <laughs> It's like, that's actually quite bad for them to only get a tag title match now. Some, some tag teams who literally throw themselves together, like John Cena and Batista. Win the tag titles in their first go. Or John Cena and The Miz. So uh, it's not exactly a good sign. But uh, the development of Jordan Gable has been quite astonishing in the last year, I think. Yeah, because Jordan's been around forever. Yeah. Like, he's been down there forever. He started as an NXT jobber. I remember seeing him in those... He was in, like, FCW. He probably was in OVW at one stage. Yeah. I remember seeing him in those matches. Maybe not quite that far back. And but... in those kind of... You know, enhancement matches. I'm like, yeah, he's not gonna make it. He's he's gonna have one of those kind of quiet developmental careers before they release him. No, he's great. He's great. Like, uh, as he's he's... probably better than Gable. Yeah, Gable I... got all the hype from that team. Jordan is better than him. I think it's just because he came from an amateur background and he's like literally a rookie built from the ground up, and he's Kurt Angle. Yeah, he's Kurt basically, Angle. Basically, you look at him and you're like, oh, Kurt Angle again. Yeah. yeah. Whereas he's... like everything Jordan does pops. Yeah, I think like, he... every single thing he does pops. He's great. Yeah, this looks impactful. Um, 
There's some great, fantastic uh, double team moves from the from the revival in this match. I really like how they work tag matches. Yeah, like there, there was a spot in this match where they, uh, I think it was Gable was the babyface in peril, and yeah. he, he was looking to make the tag, and they literally went to the other side of the ring to cut him off. Yeah, you know they cut him off at both sides. There, there's a section of fans that will label them as old school. I think that's doing them a disservice. I think but they are old school, Ken. They're 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 Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard. That is literally what they're trying to be. They're th- they're throwback, but they also offer. Offered, they're they're their own thing. I think they're their own. They're thing. yeah, they are. Uh, but like, I don't know which one is which. But, but like, they have some great double team moves, especially their finisher, the the kind of lung blower, uh, three D basically was what it is. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. Um, but uh, not just uh in terms of their moves, but in terms of their technology, as you said, like they're kind of an old school, uh, dirty cheat tag team basically. Yeah. Um, cut off the ring and, and and sometimes that can get tired because like yeah. the, the old tag time tagging for it but they bring the yeah. kind of freshness and inventiveness to it yeah and Dash uh, did this really cool thing where he where in order to cut uh, cut uh, one of the alphas off he climbed underneath the ring as a shortcut to, to <laughs> yeah so I saw someone saying on Twitter it's like I don't uh, they're so nondescript as like individuals they're a great team but as individuals they're terribly nondescript yeah. that I thought that was a turd man coming from under the ring it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like that's the thing, they're great as a unit, and they like they die a death as individuals. Whereas uh, you can see how like Gable and Jordan would be individuals in the future. Yeah. Those two, the other two, they're a team. But that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with being a tag team. Not like, at all. Tag teams shouldn't be formed all the time with a view to splitting them up as, as it makes them single Sometimes stars. Sometimes you just get a Dudley's. Exactly. Oh, Bully was a good single star and when that happened you eventually. Know, one of the things we talked about, uh, you know, before, you know, when TNA was was at its strength, they had. Like a set of distinct strong divisions. The tag division was strong. The heavyweight division was strong. The knockouts division was strong. The division was never particularly strong. No, yeah. but it was competitive, and there were some good guys but in there. There's times when it was strong. The X division was strong. It's the same in NXT. Like, like you can build a tag team division for the sake of its of being its own thing. It doesn't have to be like, oh, this guy's not ready, so we have to put him in this tag team. Well, there's, well, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah, there's a certain amount of that, but it shouldn't be the goal of it. Shouldn't be to enhance people. It should be, you know, its own thing. And uh, the that the NXT tag division is finally not terrible. Yeah. Like, there was a very long time where, like, they'd have tag matches, you know, the Ascension and Blake and Murphy and, and even the Lucha Dragons, their reign was underwhelming as well. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, look at all our tag teams. It's like, nah. <laughs> What happened to Blake and Murphy? I don't know. They're still around. But uh, we should get back to this match. It was a good match. I, very I, good match. I would give uh, three stars. And three and a half. Uh, crowd was three is very low. <laughs> the crowd were super hot for it. Yeah, they they love they love Jordan Gable. They pop for, pop for uh, we should mention that uh, Jordan Gable won the tag team titles. Yep. Uh, in the end, and uh, the crowd it was, it was a good opener. Got the crowd off to the right start. Uh, and and some really good tag psychology there. Um, not as much of the the double teaming as as, as I'm used to seeing from Dash and Dawson. I like seeing that. From and I tried to do that power bomb deal that made a total mess of. <laughs> that was the only kind of low point in the match. And then the crowd chanted Botchamania because that comes with that kind of crowd. Yeah, the they crowd. love you, but if if you do something wrong, they will turn on you because the they're fickle. That kind of WrestleMania international crowd can be uh, uh quite harsh. Yeah. Uh, next up, Austin Aries against Baron Corbin. I think this was the only dud on the card for me. Baron Corbin is a terrible pro wrestler. There are people who are like, oh, Baron Corbin's good. Look at all his, his heel work. It's like, he's good at banter. He told freaking uh, Rich Swan to go back to Ring of Honor. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's so good. No, he's terrible. He's a lumbering thug with no charisma. That weird, like, dead eyes. You look yeah. in his eyes and there is nothing there. There is nothing behind those eyes. And he's lumbering. He's terrible. He doesn't do anything. He made Austin Aries boring, Ken. And Austin Aries is not a boring pro wrestler. Austin Aries has had good matches with Bully 
Ray. He's a good match with Crimson. Crimson! Mike Knox. He can work a big man, Ken. Austin Aries can work a big man. Baron Corbin is irredeemable. Baron Corbin has what I like to call Sid Vicious Syndrome. Yeah. In that, besides his two fancy finishers, he can, he doesn't have anything. He's like, kick, kick. Stand there for a minute. Empty, dead-eyed stare. And then be like... No emotion, no, like, uh, compellingness. There's nothing to him. He's not dynamic. He's not compelling. He's not charismatic. He's not, like, a good big man who can move. He has nothing. He's terrible. And he's in the best place to succeed. That performance center has everything. It has all the best coaches. But he's been down there for about two years now, I would say. And because he's, like, six foot four or whatever he is, or six six, he'll be pushed to the end of the moon and given more chances than he ever deserves. Yeah, and like, Sami Zayn will be lumped into a bloody multi-man ladder match even he, though he's the best wrestler on planet earth he doesn't even have a great look I mean he's he's balding basically yeah. I hate people that have long hair but they're going bald he he's, like, so, so. he's like a younger version of The Undertaker now yeah. he's not like The Undertaker when he was young yeah. he's like if you took like 20 years off Undertaker's like face right now yeah. that's Baron Corbin yeah uh Gary's going to rant about Baron Corbin in, our next, segment, in our next segment as well. He, we, we, yeah, won't, we won't yeah. spoil that. But, um, like, uh, I was on the Voices Wrestling Review for uh, WrestleMania, yeah. and basically my review of that Battle Royal, which we'll talk about in a minute, is Baron Corbin is terrible. Yeah. And there's people who try to pretend he's not, because oh, he bantered people on Twitter, so that makes him awesome, apparently, in 2016. He's rubbish, Ken. Yeah, but Austin Aries is great. Austin, don't watch this match, it's terrible. Don't watch it, skip it. Austin, <laughs> Austin Aries is fantastic, and when a match can make him look severely average and like he can't have been happy with that debut I mean it's just it was just kind of literally I can't remember a single thing that happened in the match it was that forgettable yeah Aries won with a crappy roll up crappy roll up Corbin looked like a dweeb and yet again yet they're still trying to push him I thought that was the end of them pushing him that was the only silver lining of this match nope because he's lost quite a lot recently Vince so. realised he exists and then called him up to win a battle royal Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura leave 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 Baron Corbin in the past or the future because we'll be talking about again in 10 minutes you spoil it though, Gar. But anyway, Baron Cor- uh, Baron Corbin. Get him off the mine, Ken. I love Shinsuke. him. Gar. Push him. <laughs> uh, Shinsuke uh, in his NXT debut faced Sami Zayn, who who pulled w- double duty, I should say, this weekend. Extraordinarily physical double duty as well. Yeah, yeah. He took some bumps in that ladder match. You're like, you killed yourself in this match against Shinsuke. Yeah. Like this was one of the most physical matches, not only like this weekend in WWE history. They beat the yeah. shit out of each other. <laughs> They, they, they worked the Tokyo Dome main event in Dallas, which both has its pros and cons. But now, when Shinsuke is not feeling it, it yep. can be a very, very long night. He's, <laughs> well, he's never bad. It's just like, there's phone it in, Shinsuke. Yeah. Bye-bye and some gyrating. Yeah. <laughs> Doing some weird hand motions. Yeah. But uh, he he showed up tonight. Well, he had to, guard. This was his debut. Yeah. Uh, and, you and know, he's working Sami Zayn he was never not going to show up yeah and you know this was his Wrestlemania at, at least this year anyway and he had to show up um, especially he's got a lot to prove he's not a young man he's 36 yep uh, you know whether he's going to progress from NXT really depends on you know what he shows there hmm. uh, you know because there's a big chance if he, if he if he phones it in he could be just an NXT attraction and that's it who they quietly released along with Hideo Itami yeah. next year sometime um Fantastic match. Great psychology. Built in the same way as, as a New Japan match, I would say. Which I think had its flaws. Yeah. Because New Japan matches work in front of Japanese pro wrestling crowds. Yeah. When you just literally lift that kind of formula, that format, and drop it in the US, US crowds don't respond the same way. The matches don't build in the same yeah. way. The, the, the US yeah. crowds are more fickle. They're, they're more yeah. kind of like, there's a high spot, I'm going to pop for that. Whereas like the Japanese crowds are like the, the building of the forearms and the building yeah. of the striking, which I don't think entirely clicked in this match. 
But yeah. Shinsuke. <laughs> it was clumsy at times, but it, it, yeah, there, there's a physicality during the match that was kind of aimless. Yeah. What what they what what we're talking about in case you're you're not familiar with New Japan is uh, what they tend to do is kind of have a little bit of a flurry at the start, then settle down into kind of a a grappling period. Followed by kind of a striking period, which builds up into kind of and they build and bigger build and wrestling build moves, and it kind of builds to a crescendo. Yeah, these finisher teases, and then the, the big finish. Like yeah. there, there was a portion of this match where Sami Zayn went for the Huluva kick, and then they did a series of kind of moves and reversals that ended in Sami Zayn hitting the the Blue Thunder Driver. Yeah, which was awesome, like tremendous. Like that, that was like the pure magic you expected out of this match, and yeah. like yep, 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 thumbs up. Uh, two cr- thumbs up and it, one of the most important aspects was the crowd was into it oh yeah um, they, were, they were into it is probably an understatement they like they knew who Shinsuke was you know obviously as an international crowd you're going to benefit from that that was the one thing I worry about now going forward with American crowds with Shinsuke especially when he's on them I don't think it'll be much of a problem when he's next NXT yeah when he's called up it might be a bit of an issue especially because like you know it's kind of like a, like they're treating him like kind of this young prospect as such but he's they do that with AJ Styles is 38 years old and he's yeah. still a young prospect he's older than Shinsuke which yeah. is kind of weird but uh, it was incredible just the, the intensity um, and, and and the brilliant part about it you know Shinsuke won the match in the end with a mm-hmm. with a modified Bame he's, he's the, the Kinshasa Kinshasa he's, uh, he's uh, renamed it to now but Zayn didn't look any the worse for losing yeah and Zayn got the, the I, I associate this with like Chris Benoit yeah. yeah, the valiant exit, yeah. where they play his music and everyone's like, "Yeah, good job." Yeah, uh, I suppose uh, you know the right thing for the like people might say, "Can he afford to lose only after debuting on the main roster?" But like, WWE likes to see NXT as a separate thing. Yeah, and he's already a known entity on the main roster anyway, so who cares? Yeah, that's I, sad. Yeah, Garrett, you're skipping. The, you're skipping. <laughs> no, that, this is pre WrestleMania. Yeah. He's just a guy in the mid card in a flippy ladder match. He's yeah. not like we have a plan for this guy. We're gonna introduce him in a way that's meaningful and push him in a way that's meaningful. It's like but, nah, throw him in there to do a, clips a, and to a, have good matches a in the mid card. Guys, they've brought up recently, like I've said, no plan. It seems like they're just gonna. Like, he's been down there a while. We better bring him up for one reason or another. But uh, it's like Tyler Breeze. Let's just uh, put them put them together with the, the awesome name of Summer Breeze. Yeah, and they're already broken up. Yeah, but that's the thing. That the thing is that he's been he, like the only reason he got called up is because he was out there in development a long time. Like, yep. Oh, we better give him a shot, I guess. And we need a body on the main roster to put in random mid card matches on main event. But it's kind of odd how basically, obviously, that was probably Sami Zayn's last NXT match, and he did the favors, obviously, as you do when you leave a promotion. But uh. Yeah, like he put over that young upstart prospect Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> yeah. uh, excellent yeah. match. Four, uh, four and a half stars, I would say. I went four. I saw people go five. And I can uh, understand. If you had like that emotional attachment to Shinsuke, I yeah. don't really. I have much more emotional attachment to Sami Zayn, who yeah. we haven't talked about it. I was so good in this match. I, Sami I, Zayn makes you feel every single thing he does like on an emotional level that nobody else can do. Yeah. Like he, 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 he He's so good. He's so relatable. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, the reason I take off the half star is that period that you mentioned they got, got lost in the yeah. middle where they kind of uh, the match became aim- aimless because um, this was ma- a match that if if you're into Shinsuke it was more than the sum of his parts yeah you know it was kind of a, a, a spectacle yeah but I suppose the setting the importance you know that uh, uh, that that really kind of uh, up to some people's eyes mm. uh which naturally it's contender for, make matches it's a contender for the match of the year so far but I wouldn't go as far as saying that. It will be there in the conversation at the end. Yeah, I prefer the Styles match. Yeah, the Shinsuke Styles match. So <laughs> it's not even Shinsuke's best match of the year. Moving on, Gar. Um, what was next? Oh, women, Asuka against Bailey. People kind of shot on this match a little bit. Well, uh, they didn't like it. Uh, it was all right. 
they thought Oscar, Oscar, uh, what was, I think someone pointed out, uh, one of your Twitter wrestling fans, guy, Rob, loyal, loyal listener of the show, Rob Reed, Rob Reed, uh, loyal listener, Hi, Rob. Uh, that uh, Oscar is great on offense but really rubbish on defense. So. Yeah, her kind of style, she's kind of very stoic, yeah, which kind of works for like her badass demeanor, yeah, because when she stares at you and she's standing there, it's like, oh my god, she's gonna murder somebody. But when when that calls for like uh, being more nuanced and kind of selling and showing kind of uh, vulnerability, she's mm-hmm. not great. I thought this match had a good start. Uh, the middle part, very much. Whereas Bailey's actually Bailey's actually the polar opposite when it yeah. comes to like showing vulnerability and kind of getting people invested in that regard of the match. It's like you you click with Bailey. She's a, great. She's the epitome of a plucky underdog, and yep. she says accordingly. Uh, I, I, like, I really, I really don't want to say this, but I can't remember much about this match. No, that's the thing. It it came and went. It was pretty long, probably too long. Yeah. There there was a very there was a period in the middle where it's just like guys do something please <laughs> yeah the uh, the end told a good story and if they're like Asuka uh, went over and won the, the, the NXT women's title uh, yeah I, I didn't like that result I, I thought it was the wrong result but the way they booked it made it did, did, made Bailey look strong yeah that, was... that's assuming Bailey isn't being called up though but if yeah. Bailey is being called up fair enough yeah she uh, she lost the title. Uh, it was kind of against the form as such because like it seems like she had more to do as a women's champion. Yeah, that's my that's my problem. I thought she and that happens a lot with the reigns in NXT, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Barfin Baylor who's going to be down there till twenty twenty five. Yeah. Forever having a takeover main events. Um, that tends to happen with the title reigns where it's it's the big moment when they win it. Yeah. And then they just kind of lose it shortly after. Same thing happened with Zani, Sami Zayn because they head on up to the. That's the, the thing. Yeah. But uh, it, it was a good match. Like basically, the the finish of the match came when, uh, if you haven't watched this, uh, plug your ears. Uh, mm. uh, Bailey basically. What are you doing, listening to a review uh, podcast? Yeah, basically, uh, Bailey passed out from the chicken wing, uh, yeah. and uh, um, it was kind of like the the transitions into the chicken wing, which I actually were, didn't even remember that finish. Were amazing. <laughs> it's yeah. just like I don't the know. transition into the chicken wing was was amazing. That was really good. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, she escaped it once, but Asuka managed to lock it in again and basically, basically passed out. And Asuka took the title. Um, I suppose that there's a lot of investment in the Japanese talent. I guess they're trying to. Well, they're breaking. Into, they're trying to break into the Japanese market. Yeah. Like, and they've even signed away Styles, Gallows, and Anderson. Who this is Monday we're recording. Gallows and Anderson are rumored to debut tonight. Yeah. Um, Kota Bushi, who was in the crowd at NXT Takeover, he's yep. heavily rumored to sign. He's definitely going to be. I, I don't part. think he'll sign. He's he, he's definitely he, taking part in the cruiserweight. He'll series. more than likely work the cruiserweight tournament, but I don't think he'll sign. Um, I don't know. Bobby Roode was there too. Bobby, like, and look at look at that AJ Styles match, Bobby. Think twice. Yeah. Go to New Japan if you can. But like the wheels are in motion for a deal. I, I imagine some kind of mm. deal or some kind of relationship, although. Uh, James Storm escaped, so he never knows. <laughs> yeah. James Storm's a weird one. He just shows up twice and went back to TNA. Yeah. Bobby Roode will show up twice, go back to TNA to perform beer money again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It depends what you want. If you want to have kind of like decent money, maybe kind of say, look, I'll, I'll have some kind of relationship with NXT. Kind of like some old Joe. NXT isn't decent money, though. Well, it's, it's, it's fine money. Yeah. It's but not the good exposure money. probably ups your... It's not good money until you get to WWE. I know, I know what I'm saying is the kind of the exposure ups your indie rate as well, so it probably helps in that yeah. sense. Um, Speaking of TNA, Ken, the small Joe, Finn Balor. In the main event. Yep. Uh, Not the best of their matches. I preferred the the London match myself. The the, the stoppages didn't help. Uh, Joe got bust open literally in the first minute of the match. uh, When he was throwing a knee, it was weird because I thought he was throwing a headbutt, but he wasn't throwing a headbutt. He was throwing a knee and then their heads collided and he got cut right over the eye and was bleeding a lot. But small Joe's a badass. Small Joe doesn't care about that. Yeah. 
WWE in their PG era fought to stop the blood and it really kind of it really just disturbed the flow of the match. Yeah, the problem was each time that they went to stop the blood, it, it like the match was just beginning to gain some steam each time. Exactly. And it, it just derailed that momentum, and it happened twice. Yeah. So it really didn't help the match. It really didn't, and like it was quite short. Like both their matches have been quite short, so like. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that short. I think it was like fifteen minutes. Could have used twenty minutes, especially with the blood stoppages. I almost would have called an audible to add another kind of tear to it. I think those two guys could have could have done it on the fly you know yeah but Joe's awesome yeah it's it's just it's just like with all the blood stoppages it pretty much seemed like that and then five more minutes and then a finish um I thought Joe was probably going to win the title yeah I assumed Joe was winning Finn's been called up maybe it's the other way around Finn will be there till 2025 as I said but like (laughs) just there forever sometimes they do that though where the person keeps the NXT title then shows up on the main roster keeps the NXT title for a while does double duty and then eventually drops, drops it. it yeah there's, there's rumors you'll probably drop it to shinsky eventually yeah but finn finn's a weird one yeah because like technically he's great oh yeah fantastic. like in terms of execution and, and like technical ability he's great but you just don't get that emotional hook from them yeah. you know that this was a match where samojo they worked basically the aj style samojo format yeah where samojo is like the, the the huge monster kind of heavyweight Fresh, yeah killing people and then finn is kind of the underdog doing the fiery comebacks yeah. I just, just didn't get the fire from his comebacks. I know, and he I, tries. You, you can see him. He grunts and shouts. And uh, he's a monster. And he's a demon with his stupid hair and crappy face paint. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the face paint. But I think he invests too much in that persona. And he just demon. doesn't have he doesn't have the eccentricity to put it off. Yeah, he's not Jeff Hardy. Yeah. You know, Jeff Hardy, if, if Jeff Hardy opens his mouth, it's like, oh, don't do that, Jeff. Mm-hmm. But when Jeff gyrates and does his weird stuff, it's like he has a physical charisma yeah. that Finn tries to have. But doesn't really have. I don't mind him doing the face paint as an attraction for yeah. his big matches. And it's fine for takeovers, yeah. For his for his big matches, but I don't think he needs to pretend to be some kind of demon. Yeah, I think it, I don't think it works. It and hampers the, his wrestling. I, as I, said, I, I don't. I, I really didn't get that fire from his his big comeback. And as I said, he really did try. You could see him trying to like sell this. Oh, I'm desperate and I'm coming back, but I, I didn't believe it. But he's trying to balance it with this whole persona that he tries to put across, and it's clashing because like. This demon is like this impenetrable, enigmatic demon, and then it's like, but I'm vulnerable as well. It doesn't work because it's like, because like the the entrance says that like this guy is fucking language can. Sorry, I'm so sorry, Gar. Gar, you owe everyone a coke because you uh, your tweet machine went off. Yeah, sure. If you see Gar on the street, uh, ask him for a coke. He can give you one. Not cocaine though. That'll get me arrested. Yeah, no cocaine. Uh, Finn won with the Bret Hart Roddy Piper finish yeah. Joe locked on the cooking clutch he ran up the turnbuckle rolled him over for the three I love that pin it's actually a really good finish but uh, especially it's a, it's a good get out of jail free card because the champion looks uh, strong and resourceful but then the person kind of doesn't look they lost by fluke basically yeah they lost kind of like by, by getting caught um, it's not like, and it's actually a good pin because like if you think about the the, dynam- the the dynamics of it it actually would keep you down but does Joe not just have to release the hold uh, I don't know. Like if Joe just lets go, that pin kind of falls apart. <laughs> like he's folded over on top of him, so maybe it's. But Joe just has to let go of the choke. <laughs> don't ruin wrestling. Like I, I suppose if you uh, if you dug into wrestling logic, you'd never watch wrestling again. Fair enough. Irish whips. Um, that's takeover. Overall, like many people call it their WrestleMania because they're cynical. Um, <laughs> how is that cynicism? <laughs> because they, 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 people were saying this before WrestleMania even took place. It's true. But uh, all, all, our, all I would say is about a four-star show. Uh, the only letdown on it was, uh, was... Baron Corbin being awful. Baron Corbin ruining uh, Austin Aries' DNA. Or DNA. Being, being a void of talent and charisma. NXT debut. But uh, 
it's definitely worth watching. It's available on the WWE Network now on demand. Like everything we're talking about. Like everything we're talking about. So you can get it for free if you've never signed up before. Yeah. Or if you just set up a new email, you can get it for free. So, so it's worth. Go watching. take it for free. It's worth watching. Uh, after the break, Ken. We'll get to the big show, the main event, the the show of shows, the showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania. So do stay with us. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TWSKK, Twitter at TWSKK, or search for TWSKK on YouTube. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. We're going to continue our discussion on the events of WrestleMania weekend now with the, the big show itself, WrestleMania 32 at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Big is an understatement. Uh, big in terms of length, yes. Yes, and in terms of size of crowd. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, it was a seven-hour extravaganza, if all, you, if all told. You, yeah, if you watch from the very start of the pre-show to the very end of the Triple H Roman Reigns match, it's basically, I think it was like 6.45, rounded up to seven. Seven hours of your life. Because um, there's a time where it's like, how long has it been? It's like, it's nearly, it's, it's going on four o'clock, which is like the time where it should end here yeah and we're, we're in Ireland this isn't like ends at midnight eastern time this is ends at 5 freaking a.m. yeah which is like a really long time to, to invest in wrestling too long some might say yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, it was a good Wrestlemania just just, just to start off it, it was good Probably more accurately described as fine. Yeah. But uh, it's it's very bad in terms of like trying to build for the future. Yeah. <laughs> as uh, as I think I saw um who said it on Twitter somebody said it on Twitter that um oh Brandon like, Howard yeah said it on Twitter that this show was less about making stars anymore and more about making moments. Yeah. They want WrestleMania moments over kind of creating stars for the future, and that you can see that kind of up and down the show. And that's been a trend in the booking of WrestleMania basically since The Rock's been back. Yeah. It's about, like, basically showing how inferior your current crop of stars who are there in 1999 are to these people from the past 15 years in the past, I might add. Yeah, by WrestleMania 40, this the, the whole show will just be, like, nostalgia appearances, just cameos. It'll just be The Rock and Hulk Hogan and John Cena and Randy Orton and mm. freaking Sergeant Slaughter just popping up, all just doing their old shtick from, from 10 to 30 years ago. I saw a funny tweet, probably from our friend Rob again. Rob, we're, Rob's getting some good mileage on this Ken, podcast. Ken only follows Rob on Twitter. And just Rob, follows nobody else. Rob and Gar- we love Rob. He listens to us all the time. Yeah. But uh, he, he made a good point. Like, what happens when the nostalgia you're relying on to sell WrestleMania in the future is these guys who you've jobbed out now. <laughs> the, the New Day falling out of cereal and, and when they're like 60 years old. Yeah. Like, Remember the time we did this? We were Dragon Ball Z guys. Yeah, but it, it's it's quite a worrying trend. But uh, we'll go top to bottom. It's it, we'll go top to bottom. It's it's a long night. Or so bottom to top, I suppose. It's it's a it's a it's a long night. So we we better go on the road now. So before this is a seven hour podcast. Yep. Right back, Kalisto. It was a good match. Uh, um, uh, the cur- the right cur- back's another yeah. mediocre, and people pretend isn't. Yeah, the crowd was still filing in at the time, so it kind of suffered from the fact that. Uh, it didn't have much of a crowd reaction. There was literally no one there. There was apparently like fierce issues getting a hundred thousand people into. Well, it wasn't a hundred thousand people. That's a bullshit number. Um, yeah, eighty odd thousand people into a a giant stadium. Yeah, especially with increased security measures in light of recent attacks around the world. You know, uh, apparently the the, the holdup was in relation to the security. Um, it was good. It it, it, it was alright. It was a fine <laughs> fine opener. Uh, it, it built. I like Kalisto. I don't like Ryback. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, it was kind of the typical David versus Goliath. Uh, basically, Ryback Ryback bullies Kalisto uh, until he kind of makes a mistake, makes a crucial mistake. Uh, Kalisto gets some offense. 
Because they kind of cheated. Yeah, Ryback gets back on top. Uh, he 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 knowingly cheated. Yeah, Rey Mysterio was one for the cheating as well, though. So maybe it's something about something in 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 luchadors that uh, do what it takes to win. Yeah, he uh, dropped hold Ryback into the exposed corner corner turnbuckle, which he himself exposed. Yeah, and hit the Salidas Sol for the win. Uh, it was yeah. all right. His his gear was on point though. It was, and he looks so small on that stage. Yeah. That stage is gigantic, and 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 Kalisto is a small man, so he looked like a speck on yeah. that gigantic stage. But he he wore dragon gear, so it was cool. Yeah. Dragon dragon gear, dragon gear Kalisto. Good job, girl. That's a that's a tie in later, because the new day were Dragon Ball saying things. I've never watched Dragon. Ball. Well, I, I've watched some of Dragon Ball. I'm aware of Dragon Ball. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> women. A ten person tag, a ten lady tag. Yeah. Next up was the the ten lady tag, Team Bad versus Team Total Divas, which yeah. was uh, a match I thought was entirely designed to promote Total Divas, which meant that it would last three minutes, in which some of the people don't even get in the match. That's happened in the past. Yeah, and then Snooki shows up to do something. <laughs> yeah, Snooki or or Mar- Maria Menounos like takes down everyone else. Gary, you owe someone else a coke again. God damn it! I thought this was on silent. It's supposed to be on silent. Anyway. Maria Menounos. Yeah. She wasn't in the match, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind Maria Menounos. It, it got a good bit of time and everyone got everyone got a little chance to shine. Yeah. Uh, it was a real match. Yeah. That's what I liked about this. It wasn't just a, here's ten people, two minutes later it's gone, yeah. shuffle them out. Yeah. They all got their little moment. It was a good little match. Yeah. Good stuff. The people who are, are limited, like Eva Marie and uh, Alana, got there a bit of a flurry. Yeah, there. they just kind of hit their spot or two and got in and out. Yeah, so it was good. Uh like, I think like, you know you know there's talk of people saying this should be on the main card if you're really having a Divas revolution it probably shouldn't they be. should have should have more representation but they uh, did they had a match on the pre-show and they had a match on the main show the match yeah. on the pre-show was the best match on the pre-show and the match on the main show was the second best match on the main show yeah. so they did pretty well last night yeah I don't even know if this last match on the pre-show is even worth mentioning here. Dudley's Usos uh, Usos won they, yeah no, uh, yeah yes would yeah yes yeah Usos won and then put the Dudley through the table after the match. Who cares? This opening ladder match. This, yeah. One thing I want to say though is they spent a lot of time on TV on this match. Yep. And it was literally worthless. Yep. Like, like the second it was announced because it wasn't originally announced for as a pre-show match. You're like pre-show match. Pre-show match. It was just like literally pre-show fodder. But the, the Usos, like I think that you pointed out, Gar, uh, in your review for Voices of Wrestling, cheap plug. Yeah, check check out the Voices of Wrestling review. It was me, Rich Cratch, Alex Quinlan, and um, Brian Rolls. Yeah, forget about Brian. <laughs> I don't even know Brian, but he's forgettable apparently. <laughs> you leave Brian alone. Brian's great. But uh, I think you pointed out like four of the last five years the Usos have been in the pre-show. Yep. The one year they weren't, they weren't on the show at all. Yep. And uh, this was their worst pre-show match. Usually, yeah. it's just like throw a bunch of teams into the pre-show and they do a bunch of lippies. I'm cool with that as a pre-show yeah. idea. Yeah. And like, in fairness, the Usos, you know, despite their low station, always give it socks, but they really kind of really seem like they didn't care about this at all. Yeah, this was a match. Yeah. Ladder match. Great. Great. Uh, just just the, the, the seeing Sammy's, Sammy Zayn at WrestleMania and Kevin Owens. It's yeah. just like, I'm into this. Yeah, just just the fact that, as you say, Garrett, seeing people like you, you never really thought would make it to WrestleMania, that's what WrestleMania is all about, obviously. Yeah. Um, it was a Seth Man ladder match, and I was kind of cynical about this match in the beginning because they had the same match last year. And, they have the same match every year. And you <laughs> Going know, back to like when they, they instituted Money in the Bank in 2005, yeah. they've basically done this match every single year. Yeah. They, they had the likes of The Miz, Sin Cara, and Zack Ryder in there. Stardust. I don't even, did Stardust even do anything in this match? Uh, he went through the 
the ladder. Well, yeah, yeah, he got driven through it. Yeah, he, he laid there for some car to fall on. The car, the the the, the car is so light on wrestlers that some of these guys who would never have been on the car before got a chance. Yeah. Um, but they they all played their part. The Miz had a, a, a decent role. I like the Miz because like the, the the finish was the Miz's utter hubris costing the match. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But like, there's some some great spots in there. Uh, Sami Zayn dove through an opening in the ladder that was set up by the edge of the ring. Uh, yeah, the, he dove between the, the gap between the rungs in the ladder and the top of the ladder. Like yeah, and, and he flip, he, he did a, a flip to take all the people on the floor. He's so good. He uh, he did the, the the turnbuckle DDT on uh, on uh, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens immediately after doing that dive, I might add. Um, there was a great spot where Sin Cara put drove. Uh, that that seems like like the the quintessential ladder match spot. Now they have to do the gimmick ladder. Yep. That's between the ring and the barricade, and someone has to get to, put through it in spectacular fashion. Um, basically, it was a, a flippy. Yeah. And Sin Cara drove uh, Stardust through the ladder. Um, uh, and uh, going to going to the finish, Garrett. Like uh, like all the guys who thought would win. Like I really thought this would be a Kevin Owens retain. Yeah. Just because like those matches are famous for the the title changing hands I and he they, won it two months ago and I thought they might kind of just kind of flip the script for once but they didn't uh, yeah <laughs> so there you go and uh, these come, these matches kind of live and die by how well they flow yeah you know sometimes you get these matches and they're very physical and they take huge risks but like the the, the spots don't flow into each other in a way that feels fluid and the, the people are just lying on the floor for seemingly no reason which is, is, is a trope of this match you have to kind of get over yeah because you can't have all the guys in there at once all the time yeah but but this match I think it, they did a really good job of, of kind of stringing together a series of spots in a way yeah. that, that felt kind of good yeah. rather than doing one spot and then waiting five minutes and then doing another and then spending 16 minutes to set up a spot yeah and the goal of the match really is to take out everybody until there's two left yep. basically and they did that in a logical way that didn't seem forced but Sami Zayn with that bloody suplex on that ladder yeah. oh dear god no please never do that again <laughs> uh, but like this like this was a match I wasn't expecting much out of I like like I thought it would just kind of come and go almost like last year's people thought last year's was better I thought that was no, forgettable la- yeah last year's was, was one of those like it was very physical yeah. but it didn't have a great kind of rhythm to it and it was just getting guys on the card basically yeah uh, but as you said The Miz yeah, uh, Miz, dumped Sami Zayn like uh, against the odds stood tall and you're like the Miz is gonna win yeah instead of grabbing the belt he decided to turn to the camera and uh, with his shit eating grin to, 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 to brag about the fact that he's about to, to, to win the day and then plucky Zack Ryder who wasn't even supposed to be in the match he's replacing Neville who was injured uh, scared the ladder pushed him off and captured the Intercontinental title for himself. Which is a nice little moment. Uh, the one thing is annoying me is like, uh, you know, the wrestling websites and the bookies spoiled this finish. Well, well the, the bookies did. Yeah. Ed, 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 brother Ed, Ed, yeah. he, he read out, it's like, oh boy, Zack Ryder, odds on favourite. And I'm like, oh, Ed, that's a spoiler. Damn. No one bets on Zack Ryder unless, like that, it's only smart money bets on Zack Ryder, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it was a, it was a nice, uh, WrestleMania moment for someone who's been there so long never really gotten a moment he won the US title but even then he was jobbed out that was like after. TLC yeah, quickly after so it was nice to see someone that's dedicated himself to, to, to wrestling and has loved wrestling for so long he's at WrestleMania 10 as a fan and 20 and, and he stood there on top like, of the ladder Sam, as, Sami Zayn uh, and Kevin Owens will hopefully get their WrestleMania moment in the yeah. future and take a look at Daniel Bryan anything can happen push those two you morons but yeah, nice to see Zack Ryder get a moment on the big stage. He's he's he seems a good guy. Uh, yeah, I do have an awful feeling he's gonna lose the title tonight. Though. Yeah, probably. He'll, on, uh, on was wrong. it Miz? Miz beat Barrett and then lost it the next night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's happened a couple of times. So. Um. Next was I don't even remember what was next. 
it was AJ Styles versus oh, Chris Jericho. Yes, it was AJ Styles against Chris Jericho. In their fourth match. Yeah, the match that didn't need to happen. I've never seen two people with less chemistry. I've never seen two people, like, any time they got near each other, they stumbled, they fell, they didn't seem to know what the other person was doing. It was just so clumsy. And they've wrestled three other times on TV. I'm sure they've wrestled more on house shows. Yeah. These two should be fine with each other at this stage. They should, even if they don't have chemistry, which they don't, they should at the very least know each other well enough to have a good match. Yeah. But Jericho just can't do what he did five years ago. And he's, I think what he... Where he falls down is he still tries to do that, where and he... he still thinks he can. Yeah. Because people on Twitter, the the sycophants who will go, "Oh, Chris, that was the best match ever," and then retweet me. Yeah, and he'll believe that because apparently he doesn't see through that kind of stuff, which any human being should. Because if you're a public figure on Twitter, you're going to get people who will love you no matter what you do or who you are. That happens on Twitter. And Chris Jericho's just like, yeah, oh, we stole the show. And he didn't. They had a bad match. Well, he didn't have a bad match. It was, a pretty it was so- good. It was solid in spite of itself. Yeah. AJ Styles should be doing better on WrestleMania. AJ Styles had, like, I've never seen AJ have less chemistry with somebody. I would almost prefer to see AJ be in the ladder match, to be honest. Yeah, I almost would have. He would have done some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, and AJ lost. He lost. <laughs> to Chris sure. Jericho in 2016. There's, there's. There's, there's a couple of reasons wrong with that. Obviously, as you said, it's 2016. Jericho's in his mid-40s and a part-timer who doesn't give a shit about wrestling. Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles has lost all the momentum that he had when he debuted at the Royal Rumble. He's a guy. He's he's a, 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 a mid-card work-rate guy. That's what yeah. he's there to do. He's not there to be special or do something great. And they hold against him that he 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 he, he had success elsewhere. Yeah. He was successful in New Japan. He was successful in, in TNA. He was successful in Europe. He's been successful literally anywhere else he's gone, Ken. Do you know why? Because he's freaking amazing. But, uh, and he I... lost to Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, his first WrestleMania. WrestleMania where people remember the first WrestleMania, the big first WrestleMania moment, Ken, for him, is losing a mediocre match to Chris Jericho. And perhaps the worst of all, guy, it means they might have another match. That's, that is the worst part. It's 2-2 now, so they're probably going to go again at Extreme Rules and have another mediocre match. That'll probably be a stipulation match this time, but still. Stiles uh, is good at stipulation although matches. Although they've moved it now. Stiles good Extreme Rules is no longer following WrestleMania. It's payback. Oh, Jesus. They're not even going to have a stipulation match now, are they? Yeah. Do a bloody 60-minute plunder or lumbering Iron Man match. Payback's just a fancy word for backlash. Yeah, it really is. It's a new way of saying backlash. Yeah. I didn't like this match. Well, I didn't. It was fine. Uh, there's some nice spots in there, but it was it was very. And they dis- kicked out of the Styles Clash again, Ken. It was very disjointed. And uh, they telegraphed that finish a million miles away. I would have. If I was going to have that finish, I would have had him miss the spiral tap and Jericho take advantage. Well, no, they did the springboard into the, the cold breaker, but Styles, Jericho took so long to get up, and Styles spent so long pandering to the crowd, yeah. you knew he was being cold breakered. Like. like, it was almost weird, almost like a heel finish, because, like. Styles almost looked desperate yeah. to win the, desperate to win the match it was his own pandering you yeah. know he, he was too busy going yeah crowd yeah. I'd ugh, move on <laughs> three stars <sighs> moving on Gar Styles should do better what was next uh, the League of Nations versus uh, the New Day in what was pitched as a four on three handicap match but poor Wade Barrett was dumped out of the match it's just like nah you're not in anymore who cares six on six tag uh, the match didn't matter didn't really this would have this the- would have been an average match on Raw, let alone WrestleMania. Yeah. Like the the best part was the new they fell out of a box of booty house. <laughs> yeah, which they actually had cereal in. There's they actually did. cereal in there. Giant pieces of cereal. The, the match was fine. The League of Nations won. League of Nations won. In like, I think I don't. I, I wouldn't say New Day needed the win, but they deserved it. And like, yeah. they're probably the most over thing on the show right now. And it's and typical it, that W punished them for that. Yeah, like if if the League of Nations won for some kind of 
cause because yeah. you know you're pushing them or something fine the only reason the league of nations won was so the the they parade could flag after the match the parade of fogies could come out and give them their comeuppance yeah and it was really strange because like Shawn michaels came out in his wrestling gear and then he took yeah. off his shirt he's like he's dressed to wrestle it's like yeah. no <laughs> i was at his last match in, in at wrestlemania 26 in arizona i was like i'm no don't do it sean don't break the retirement step uh but, don't do a mick foley uh mick or Fo- terry funk speaking of mick foley was the next person out and then stone cold he was looking really fat yeah stone cold he was not even considering this wrestlemania yeah. <laughs> you can tell yeah. but yeah and they cleared off the league of nations and then they didn't even give like the endorsement to the new day you know yeah, they did they- a dancing and then they laid them out too they jobbed out the new day as well uh so like that's kind of the, the trend of wrestlemania and like probably the theme of, of wrestlemania in the last five years but especially last night was like the past is better than the present yeah that's it's, basically it's like, it. look at this cool moment it was a pretty cool moment you it know was. Shawn michaels uh, steve austin and mick foley running off everybody and, and doing their moves it was it's good fun it was confusing to see hbk in his wrestling gear he's looking ripped by the way yeah he's in very good shape yeah he's looking like 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 1995 like, shape like mick mick and austin are nowhere near wrestling shape yeah. uh, michaels could have a five-star match in the morning if you wanted to although I, looks will, thing. I will always take a stunner We'll always, I'll always watch a stunner. Yeah, they see that. That's the problem with this, because like it's like, yeah, post match is fun, but when you actually think about it, the post match is absolutely nothing for anybody. It's 2016. Who cares about Steve Austin anymore? Po- it should be the new day. It should be the League of Nations. You know what I didn't like? What? Before the match, I can't remember. I think it was JBL said that the the League of Nations were like the the four horsemen. Yeah. And like these these big names coming together in a group. Yeah. And like if the the League of Nations was actually pitched as that as these world champions and US champions coming together as this kind of super group of tremendous wrestlers and athletes. And they were protected as such. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. You know, Del Rio, Sheamus are both kind of world champions and stars and, and then uh, Barrett and Rusev are kind of the, the, the mid-card guys. The combination mid-cards, yeah. Yeah, it's like if you put them together with the, the sole purpose of them being like a combination of really credible pro wrestlers, that's yeah. a really smart idea. But that's not what they are. Yeah. They're a bunch of stereotypical foreigners who are who are bad guys because they're foreigners. One of the things that bugs me about WrestleMania these days as well is it's booked almost by the numbers. We have a ladder match last year. We yeah. have to have a ladder match this year. We had uh, a nostalgia spot with loads of fogies running down last year. We're gonna have the same thing this year. It almost seems like they just like literally yeah. fill in slots. It's it's like literally there's the battle royal, there's the ladder match, there's the women's match, there's the Brock match, the Undertaker match, and the Triple H match. Yeah, that's what WrestleMania is now. Yeah, and they, they slot different people and, into those and matches. That, and and occasionally talk, it'll be Brock against Triple H yeah. or something like that. But we'll talk about this in a minute. But and the obligatory Rock segment. Oh, the, oh yes, the obligatory Rock come out, do his, his shtick, and then it's like I've seen this seven times in the last four years. I don't yeah. need to see it again. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania by the numbers really bugs me but anyway I liked the. that's actually a very good point it really is like this is our template that we follow year after year and it's not they don't even deviate from it in the slightest it's the same every year I did like the nostalgia spot better than last year's I thought last year's was pointless what was last year's WWE versus WCW oh yeah oh god yeah and I was liking that Sting Triple H match too until that nonsense kicked in that was sad Uh, it was good but it was pointless (laughs) that's basically the. and it's not constructive what's it going to build for the future other than these guys are worthless compared to these fucking fogies Mick Foley can barely walk yeah I, 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 enough said about that we'll, we'll be talking all day as we said moments moments yeah. are more important than stars yeah they want to talk about moments they want to uh, sound bites and video clips that they can play forever that's all they want uh, coming up next Gar- on the card uh, the most under, uh, kind of underwhelming kind of disappointing match yeah Brock Lesnar against Dean Ambrose yeah um, they went on pretty early uh, yeah, because um, they they paced it so that they did like a big gimmick match, yeah. followed by the women, 
followed by a big gimmick match, followed yeah. by the Battle Royal, followed yeah. by the big main event. Yeah. So that's the reason Brock and Ambrose went on fourth. Yeah. Brock is usually a bigger attraction than this, and this was probably billed as the kind of third main event of this yeah. show. Uh, it went 13 minutes, which was felt really sh- it felt shorter than that. It really... Yeah, and like, Ambrose was... He got jobbed out. That's he did. He got, like, steamrolled. He didn't show much fight. He was uh, any time he did, it was only because he hit him with a weapon. Yeah. He was on no way presented as an equal to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Like literally on no level whatsoever. It, like last year, Roman Reigns was more or less presented as an equal. Yeah. You know, Brock couldn't put him down, and Roman Reigns came back in his own merit. And he was about to win the match. Yeah. Brock just steamrolled him. Ambrose occasionally gained some momentum by hitting him with something, yeah. and then Brock just beat him. <laughs> then he like batted off eventually. Yeah. And beat him with an F five on some chairs. It almost seemed like Brock Lesnar was just like, oh, I put on my shift the last few years. I'm just gonna. And like the Brock, the Brock formula is getting a tad old. Yeah, exactly. This is this is the formula like WrestleMania we're talking about. Right? Yeah, the the Brock Smash, which is good fun when it's on a, a WWE Network main event and he just kills Luke Harper. Yeah. But like in a WrestleMania main event, you want more substance than yeah. that. You want someone who can kind of go toe to toe with Brock. Fair enough, Brock is the dominating factor, but you want someone who can actually give him kind of uh, stand with him on equal footing. And so much time was spent on this feud on TV. Obviously, it was billed as a main event, and it wasn't that. It was just a mid card match. That that would have been wouldn't have been out of place again on, on a TV, uh, and uh, worse than that is like they build it at this it's gonna be this knockdown drag out brawl yeah. this spectacle of a match which would be suited to WrestleMania and, and that Dean Ambrose wouldn't die yeah. you know the Dean Ambrose would fight for every bit of life he had to take down Brock Lesnar and he didn't he rolled over yeah and 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 and, and we talked about this multiple times before. For WrestleMania, he needed to win that match. He did, especially after losing to Triple H. Yeah, I mean, like, he, like, but like, it almost seems at, like at, at the very least, he needed to go down fighting. You yeah. know, he, he needed to get the same thing that Sami Zayn got out of that Shinsuke Nakamura match. Yeah. Or when Sami Zayn walked out, he he was he was just as good as he walked in. When Dean Ambrose walked out, he was considerably less than he walked in. Yeah. And it's sad because like WWE almost seemed to punish him. It was like, no, we want Roman Reigns to be the favorite. Yeah. Stop getting over. Stop it. Yeah, I saw a stat on Twitter earlier that, that Dean Ambrose has lost 18 out of his last 22 WWE pay-per-view or network special matches. Since the Shield broke up. Yeah. It's just, like, like that's what, the only thing I could think of is that it's just like, no, we want Roman Reigns to be the big baby face. Stop being the big baby face. Yeah. Stop it. Stop, it's Danny Bryan again. It's yeah. like, you organically got over and people like you. We have this guy who didn't organically get over, who's actually, he's, he's quite good. Roman yeah. Reigns is really quite good. Yeah. But, he's not organic in any way whatsoever and people haven't organically accepted him but they're rejecting him and they're accepting the other guy so they push the guy that's being rejected makes perfect sense and like they're forever looking for that new Stone Cold I'm not saying that Gene Ambrose is but he's in that same mold and the people embrace him in the same people way people like him people push people that people like wrestling isn't that hard Ken if people embrace somebody push them <laughs> gah uh, women women stole the show they stole the show and rightfully so before uh, WrestleMania, Lita uh, announced that uh, the Divas title would be done away with, as would the Divas division, to be replaced by the brand new women's division and women's championship. The first ever, she said, because yeah. she wasn't a women's champion herself. WWE are touting that as well. The, the women's title was retired in 2010. Yeah. Uh, eight years after after WWE became WWE. Uh, it's not like, I could say, like, you know, you could say brand new women's champion of the new era. Yeah. That's fine. But uh, like W like literally whitewashing history again. <laughs> it's typical of them. But from the entrances, this match felt felt special. Like, like women, like you, you, they were lucky that they didn't all get the same entrance in the past. Like yeah, or like yeah, literally, if Flowrider sings them to the ring. That's what usually happens. Yeah, but did Flowrider perform last night? 
He didn't. He was supposed to. Oh yeah, I, was, he I, got was, bumped. I just thought about that. There, it's like, oh yeah, there was no Flo Rida. Flo Rida got bumped. Good. His uh, stupid song that I didn't like at first and now like because they played it so often. Yeah, literally like fifty hate, times straight tonight. Uh, each of them, Becky. Uh, but Becky had a quite quite a bland entrance. Yeah, it was it was still still pretty good. Cool. Yeah, whereas um, Sasha was sang to the ring by Snoop Dogg and the the girl who sings her theme song. Who's really not very good. It's, um, it's a cool theme song, though. It is. It's a great theme song, but she she can't sing. And she got confetti, and she got uh, she got a bit of pyro as well, yeah. didn't she? And Charlotte got um pyro, and she was wearing Ric Flair's old robe, which and... I, the robe from his retirement match, which it was really a really neat yeah. little touch. And one of the things I really liked a neat touch was like. Um, you know, I was expecting half expecting her to come out without the Divas title, yeah, and just to be gone forever. But like, they kind of ceremoniously retired it. I, I know that's small, like a uh, small detail, but I thought that was kind of cool. Rather than just like it doesn't exist anymore, pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, which is a thing they do. Uh, they, they they had a really good match. It's yeah. a really good three way. And as you said, Garrett, these three ways often have a formula where you know it's designed to keep one person out of it. Of all, it time. is a it's series not... of singles matches. Yeah. But this was not it. It was not that. There was a bit of sloppiness in there, you know. But it's only because they were ambitious. And like, yeah. I, and like, it's probably inherent of the sexism that we're trying to erase now. That like, if the men botched, were ambitious and botched something, it's like, oh, they were so, you know, like they, they were like. Yeah, and they, they, there was one spot. There was the sunset flip yeah. of German, where Sasser overshot the, the sunset flip. Yeah. That was the only spot that went wrong. Yeah, and you know what? Can we get rid of the idea of a good women's match, Ken? Yeah, yeah. That the qualifier that it's a good women's it's match. It's good for a woman's match. Yeah, it's, it's like oh, if it, you know, considering women are shit at wrestling, it was pretty good. Yeah. Can we get rid of that? This was a good pro wrestling match. It was a yeah. great pro wrestling match. Probably the second best match in the card, as you know. Again. Yeah, was, uh, I would put it second to the ladder match. Yeah. And as it's in terms of uh, a match with more substance, because let's face it, ladders are just people falling off ladders. <laughs> Probably, and and as you said, they were treated from stars from their entrances. That like when Charlotte became the champion, uh, she she won with uh, a little bit of jiggery pokery from Ric Flair, which yep. is the only probably downside of this match. People say like, you know, in the in the new era of women's wrestling, kicked off by Charlotte having a man help her win. Well, that's reading into it too much, perhaps. That is, that's that's just being nitpicking. Away, uh, <laughs> it, it made sense because. Because you know, yeah, Charlotte had an awesome moonsault to the floor. She yeah. nailed that thing. Like, like I'm pretty sure when she got up, she was celebrating, not because she hit a moonsault. She's like, "I'm alive!" Yeah, because it was pretty, pretty risky, and she nailed it. Straight. Like those things are are kind of unwieldy because you can ha- you kind of just have to do it, and yep. it, does, it, it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out, but it made sense because you know, uh, you know, the, that match would not have ended if not have been for Ric Flair interfering because Sasha yeah. was still fresh she was still kind of trying to win the match yeah. the, the the next match is Sasha and Charlotte yeah. like clearly like yeah. she, she pinned Becky she pinned Becky yeah. or submitted Becky yeah. uh, next up is Charlotte and Sasha Yeah, but so he, you have to have a reason for that match happening but even in the post match there was like massive pyro off to celebrate yeah. the new women's champion in the new women's era it's a big deal and hopefully they follow that up because yeah. they don't really have a good track record for that kind yeah. of thing I don't want to see her a year down the line the women's title match being on the pre-show but then being bumped from the pre-show and being the next day on Raw or something yeah. like that because like if, if this was the real start to their quote unquote divas revolution or now women's revolution I assume I don't know um, yeah. this would have been a really good start yeah. rather than the last whatever eight months that's been rubbish Yeah. Um, next up Shane McMahon killing himself yeah Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker in a Hell of a match. Uh, the stipulation being that Shane won, he would gain control of WWE Monday Night Raw. And if The Undertaker lost, he would never wrestle at WrestleMania again. Yeah, people hated this match. I absolutely 
I, I wouldn't say I loved it. Yeah. I kind of loved it. I kind of loved it. Yeah. yeah. People were like, oh, it's slow and it's 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 uh, Shane fighting on equal footing with the Undertaker. And I'm like, who cares? It's just supposed to be slow. He's 46 and the Undertaker's 51. The Undertaker is old. Yeah. He's he's uh, and they're inside Hell in a Cell, which gave Shane the opportunity to kind of use the environment in order to level the playing field. It made sense. Yeah. If the streak still existed, I'd understand people's yeah. point of view. Yeah. But this is a streak match. No, yeah. but he's lost the streak. This is the kind of stuff you can do with Undertaker now. Exactly. And I thought they built a really smart match. Yeah. They started with the kind of dodgy looking strikes and some occasionally dodgy submissions. And basically the Undertaker batting off a Shane at every turn. Yeah, then they introduced some fun ring step spots. Yeah. And then he did coast to coast. Yeah. And then they went out of the cell. They built it in a very kind of yeah. logical way where yeah. each spot led to a bigger spot. Yeah. And it led to, it led to them like basically being on even footing. And like the, the only near fall was the last ride, wasn't it? Yeah. The only like real near fall he hit the last ride and Shane kicked out. Exactly. So they didn't do Shane as this this really valiant fighter. Yeah. He just kept on going. He managed to kick out of a power bomb. Yeah. Uh, uh, but like if, uh, you, you could criticize him if he like hit an early tombstone. It's like what the fuck are you kicking out of a tombstone for? Now? And like if you look at Shane's career, his legacy is him doing dumb shit and getting back up. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. this this isn't unprecedented. Yeah. Uh Shane had a cool entrance with Shane books raining from the ceiling and his his kids came out which was kind of awkward, but like Yeah, and like as I said in WrestleMania twenty thirty that, that those clips will be shown to death when his kids are making their WrestleMania debut. Yeah, but uh, and they're the future of the company. Yeah. And they can't even dance. <laughs> can their kids Vincent Ma- Vinnie Mack if we've learned anything from that uh, stand back video and Shane McMahon can dance it's, it's the key to, to being uh, being successful in the wrestling business yeah uh, Shane did what I can only describe as a mega bonkers spot He's, <laughs> yeah yeah he, tr- he, he tried to kill himself <laughs> they escaped the cage by Shane cutting his way out because Shane had a plan and his yeah. plan was stupid but he still had a plan I'm going to cut my way out I'm going to knock him out and I'm going to jump on him off the cage yeah, I like the way it's like Shane tried to beat him in the cage and it's just like let's jump off the cage yeah so he not, uh, they cleared the ringside area like uh, battering each other. Uh, Shane went up not just like not halfway like Shawn Michaels did. Yeah. All the way to the top. That that cell is taller than it used to be, Ken. Yeah. It's taller than it was when Mick fell. Yeah. It's taller because it used to be wider and they've adjusted it now and it's taller. Um, Sh- uh, Undertaker moved at the last second. Shane went th- through the table. Shane just plummeted. Shane, a forty-six-year-old father of three, <laughs> yeah. plummeted from twenty feet through to through a table. It was quite heavily padded, but which it should have been. <laughs> um, it was still a risky spot. I know Mick went off it at speed. Yeah, Mick Mix was crazy. Mix was just because, and he didn't. The Shane hit it kind of flat in the back as well as you can hit it he did a flat back Mick just glanced off the thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. flying but, 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 oh Mickey madman he didn't jump he kind of fell and yeah. that was the right way to do it to hit a flat. he just dropped off of the cage rather than or, jumping up and, and Mick could have done that except he was like no Undertaker throw me off because <laughs> yeah, Mick is stupid and crazy <laughs> yeah. and then Mick got back up and got chokes down through the top again uh, but uh Shane uh, did that. I thought it was really funny, like that. Shane did that face that Vince McMahon does when he's been like utter, <laughs> yeah. utterly like battered. The kind of McMahon uh, half cry, half half like dead face. Yeah. Uh, and I like Undertaker. He was kind of just propped up against the barricade, yeah. and he had this face, and it was like, "What the hell did you just do?" <laughs> as a, as you like, stupid, crazy human being. And like the the end of the match was Shane, uh, Shane being dragged back into the hell cell. Undertaker giving them a little bit of props saying nice try son tombstone yep 
I like the way Undertaker matches uh, since like the Michaels matches yeah. have become tremendously reliant on kicking out of finishers. Yeah. And fair enough that he kicked out the last ride, but there's no tombstone near falls. Yeah. One tombstone put him down. But they, as you say, they, they booked the match in the right way because that would not have been realistic. Yeah, Shane the... kicking out of three tombstones would have been like no. No thanks. He kicked out of one power bomb. Yeah. He fought valiantly. He hit his he hit his big moves. They, they he. Uh, he got dropped through the table beforehand because he tried to choke Undertaker out with his badass MMA skills. Oh, that was a really cool spot as well because he's, he's trying to uh, MMA him. And, and <laughs> MMA, yeah. And the Undertaker, in his desperation, they were on the, this platform that was on the, the ringside barrier and he decided, fuck this, dropped him through the table. <laughs> yeah. I really like this match. Like, yeah. the, if you went into this match expecting anything, uh, fair enough, some people expected like utter plunder, you know, like yeah. 17 run-ins and all that. And that was the one thing that I was going to mention that's refreshing with this match. There was no McMahon jiggery-pokery. Yeah. This match wasn't sold on, uh, oh, you know, WrestleMania is down this year. We don't have Rollins. We don't have Brian. We don't have Cena. We don't have Orton. Let's let's sell it on the one thing that always sells Vince, Vince, <laughs> Vince and the McMahons and the McMahons. And fair enough, that, that was part of it because Shane was there. It was part of it in the in the build up, but it wasn't part of the match. which yeah. I was surprised by, but I was also happy to see. As it well. was just a straight up badass fight between two old men slowly trying to kill each other. It was. And, and it was great. I loved it. Yeah. I like. I actively really liked this match. Yeah. And and I can't. I can't understand what people expected yeah. out of it. Yeah. And it, it was exactly what I expected. It was better than I expected. It, it was better than I expected. And it they hit, worked a straight up match. It hit everything that I thought it would hit. Um, and I, I would give it a, a three stars. I went four. You went four stars. You're very bad with three. You're three. You can but, go as high as five, Ken. Nah. I'm being conservative. Uh, conservative. Yeah. Um. Next up, Battle Royal. Who cares? Who Baron, won? Baron, Baron Corbin won. Yeah. Move on before I get mad. Oh, Shaq was in it. Shaq was in it. Uh, Shaq is Tatanka. Because yeah. I was writing the review of this for VoicesOfWrestling.com, which you can go and look at now. Third plug. Um, and I looked up and it's like, is that Tatanka? <laughs> Tatanka and DDP was also in it. Yeah, because they didn't like they didn't acknowledge Tatanka. Yeah. He was just standing there in the corner. It's like, am I seeing things? <laughs> See, the, 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 it was a 20-man battle royal and only 16 spots been filled before the match. So... Uh, the four spots were filled by Tatanka, DDP, uh, Baron Corbin in his main, main roster debut. Who's and he freaking won. Who just walked out with everyone else and everyone and, and no one realised he was in the match until he won it. <laughs> and, and then uh, uh, Shaq was in it in his long... Like, They've been building that Shaq Big Show spot for like seven years now. Yeah, yeah. and they did it and like apparently it's not over. I hope it is. But uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them do a match. Remember when uh, Shaq was on Impact? He was literally in like the first, they, they hyped it. It's like, oh, Shaq is on impact. He was literally in the first 30 seconds. Hulk Hogan said hello to him yeah. and that was it. <laughs> uh, Baron Corbin, he's rubbish and terrible and the worst. Let's move on. Yeah. The Rock. And like, this was at 25 to four, which is like usually the time when the main, the main event should be coming toward a climax. Never yeah. mind already being in the ring. Yeah. Uh, 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 and uh, The Rock had not made an appearance. That he, uh, the Dallas cheerleader, uh, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, I should say, came out. And The Rock uh, made his long-awaited appearance. Posed on the ramp for like 15 minutes. As he always does. Uh, and he said, There is no man who milks a pop for more than it's worth than Dwayne Rock Johnson. And then he was like, I'm going to set uh, uh, my name on fire. And he's got a big rock sign and it's set on fire. Because like, he had a flamethrower, because why not? And he's just like, flamethrower? Like, what's... what's... <laughs> just... And then he did his rah speech and announced the bullshit number of 101,000. There's about 80 odd. There'll be a number during the week. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Basically, he like like it's, it's like, if it's, which is still like their legit attendance record, by the way. Yeah. Because their their ninety two thousand is a fake number as well. That was seventy eight. Yeah. 
So they have set that WrestleMania record, but like, as like, they're oh, just still lying about they it. They spent weeks and months talking about the Rock appearing at WrestleMania. It's like, this was going to be it, just him announcing the attendance figure. Yeah. But then, uh, the Wyatts. The Wyatts make their. <laughs> the only act I liked less than The Rock in 2016. <laughs> but like, uh, and he, he sauntered into the ring, made some bullshit promo about, I chose you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm going to beat you up and my, my legacy is like, oh, God. Sure. <laughs> uh, so Then The Rock's just like, I'll wrestle Eric Rowan. Sure. Because uh, he so had ring gear. He, like, The Rock had dressed to wrestle as, like, as if he knew this would happen. Yeah. Like, he was prepared. It's like, I came out to announce this attendance figure, but just in case someone tries to jump me, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. And uh, then the, and the crowd were like, oh, we're going to see a Rock match. Then The Rock hit a Rock bottom in one in six seconds. I'm surprised the crowd weren't upset about that. But they're like, WrestleMania record. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, they were, they, cause they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna have an impromptu. Bro. Oh no, it's over. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it was good. Like I think the the pop was just seeing him in the wrestling gear. And yeah. Then uh, the Wyatts were like, cool. screw one on one. We'll beat you up three on one. Then John Cena came out. And they ran them off. Yeah. Uh, uh, Once well, again, acts from the past being put over the Wyatts, but the Wyatts are worthless. So who cares? Yeah, and they didn't even get a match this year. Mm-hmm. Like in the last two years, Wyatt, Wyatt lost to the Undertaker and John Cena, and now like he's being jabbed out to the Rock. It's almost like he's carried out to make it. To, to, to make other people look good that's all yeah. he does like there was rumours of Strowman and Undertaker and, and Bray against Brock and neither of those matches appealed to anybody on earth so eh, the Whites are DOA as it is there's one Who thing this, this is The Rock's 6th Wrestlemania appearance in a row since coming back yeah. uh, and to be honest I don't want to see The Rock again unless wrestling in the match yeah special appearance uh, Cena Cena uh. Undertaker segment what did they do last year oh Ronda Rousey uh. and now this yeah yeah if you're not wrestling next year, Dwayne, just sit it out for a year. Yeah, it's just like, I almost like, it was getting towards the end of the night, as I said, and I was like, I just don't want to see The Rock. What's he going to do? Just to say, if he smells The Rock is cooking. Because yeah, it's the third year in a row. He, if, like, if, if he done a match last year, I'd be more amenable to him just doing the, the shtick this year. Yeah. And and technically, he did do a match this year. <laughs> he, he did have a WrestleMania match. That's going to be a weird piece of trivia. It's like, oh, who, uh, when, you're, it's like when you're doing sporkle things for people who The Rock wrestled at WrestleMania, yeah. and it's just like, oh, who did he wrestle in 2016? He's like, oh, freaking Eric Rowan. Yeah. But uh, The Rock, The Rock, I think he, uh, that's the, one of the, the most damning things about WWE the, the, they rely so much on The Rock and Brock Lesnar that their spectacle is is, is starting to uh, tarnish now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wearing thin. Uh, but so, I, like, I don't know what they're going to... And again, it, it was taken as it was by itself, on its own, on this show. Cool moment. Yeah. You know, Rock sets his name on fire, beats Eric Rowan, and then runs off the wires with the help of John Cena. Who's a returning John Cena. Which is, it's a perfectly fine little moment, again, but it's moments are more important than the kind of long-term viability and stability. And it undermines the stars that are going to be there week in, week Yeah, that, that are going to be there next week on SmackDown. Terrible. Yeah, uh, main event. Speaking of terrible, I was like, I was looking forward to this main event before the match. Like, I, I know, too. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, Roman Reigns. Oh, I don't want to see it." But like, I was looking forward to this match. And by the time this match came around, because it was six hours into the show, by the time The Rock and all that was done, and then Triple H did a like sixteen-minute entrance with Stephanie sitting on top of a thing preaching, screeching like, like, like I, I, you're all terrible for liking other wrestlers. I likened her to the people on the front of the trucks in Mad Max Fury Road, which prompted people on my Twitter to liken her to China's uh, Playboy covers, yeah. which, if you see them, yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> so here's the thing for managed women. Yeah, and then... <laughs> 
and then uh, Triple H came out. Reigns came out to a chorus of booze. Yeah, Before... everything he did, like uh, Triple H threw him out of the it's like they really booked this in a really wrong way. The, yep. er, the opening of the match, Triple H threw him out of the ring twice, and people cheered. Yep, Triple and... H low blowed him, which should be a heel move. People erupted into applause. Like th- this was th- this match went twenty seven minutes. It did. It, was it really felt long. like it went like uh, uh, as Ian put it on Twitter ninety three minutes, and it really did feel that long. It felt insufferably long, and they weren't like the the, the people were going to turn on this match if it was anything other than like a knockout, drag him out, spears, Superman punches, pedigrees, fifteen minute kind of condensed that into fifteen minutes of big high spots and action. If that yeah. match, if that was the match, this match would have worked. Yeah. Because, like, Roman Reigns has had good matches in front of crowds that don't like him. Yeah. He's had a lot of good matches in front of crowds that don't like him. That's not a problem for him. But when you work a methodical, slow, plodding Triple H match where he has to spend 10 minutes working you over, because that's what he does, and he's in his 40s, and Triple H doesn't have good matches. Unless you throw yeah. a gimmick in there. If you're like, think, what's Triple, what are your favorite Triple H matches? You think, like, Cactus Jack, Royal Rumble. Cactus Jack, Hell in a Cell. You think Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. You don't think, oh, I love his freaking technical masterpieces. People, uh, I think he tells himself as this kind of clinical uh, wrestler as wrestler. And he's not. He's boring. I think that was my main point last night. We made that point. Triple H has never had a good WrestleMania main event. The best was Cena, which was pretty good. Pretty good. Still not great. Yeah. The Jericho match is terrible. The Orton match is even worse. The Fatal 4-Way at WrestleMania 2000 was... Average. Which, in fairness, that should have just been him against The Rock. Yeah. There was no reason Big Show and Mankind were in there. Yeah. But, yeah, not a great match either. Triple H has a very bad track, track record when main eventing WrestleMania. And any match he's in at WrestleMania that isn't a gimmick match is also average. Pretty average. Sheamus versus Triple H at WrestleMania 26. Which is a perfectly ordinary match. <laughs> yeah, forgettable. Uh, I just think that Triple H should retire. It's just yeah. like... And for long as he has a, a, a an active on-screen presence... I have no faith in him ever being in charge. As in, like, his ego's too big. Think about it. He manufactured a scenario where, where not only, one, him winning the WWE title was the best option. Yeah. Also, him main eventing WrestleMania was yeah. the best option. Like, going into the Royal Rumble, we, we did a Royal Rumble preview show, I think. I don't think we did a review show. No. Where, where, where I said, like, him winning the Rumble was the best option. Yeah. And it was. And he manufactured it that way. And he's a snaky uh, politician guy who does politics things to make himself look good even though he, he's bloody 20 years past his prime there's a reason Rock and Austin went away because yeah. they don't need wrestling anymore yeah he does and and it doesn't need him you no know, it really doesn't at least not in front of the camera yeah. in sp- and in spite of everything you know Vince McMahon basically stuck his hands his fingers in his ears and like I don't care if you like Roman Reigns he's going over I don't yeah. care because what they, they have this thing in their head because Cena gets the same response yeah. and Cena's a big star so we're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Reigns is getting booed, but uh, people are reacting. That's all that matters. And that's bullshit. Because mm. Cena got over first. Cena became a big star because people liked him. People didn't reject Cena when he won his first world title. People liked Cena. It was only uh, kind of mid-2006 when he was forced down people's throat and, he's, and he kind of wore thin that people began to reject Cena. And then he was placed against Edge, who was like considerably more entertaining in every way imaginable. Yeah. Uh, and that made Cena look like uh, the goody two shows... It seemed it became... He wasn't a character anymore, you know? Became he, a parody almost. Yeah, he became a parody of what he was. It's like a hustle, loyalty, respect. I'm the, the perfect definition of a human being with no nuance or vulnerability. That's yeah. not a character. That's a, that's a cipher of something or other. But like, I think un- until you, you cut ties... And like, it's going to be a painful process. Until you cut, you're going to have to have a few of these nostalgia attractions. Until you cut ties with them, until you invest in the people that you have and 
treat them seriously and take them seriously. Like I have no problem with nostalgia acts getting the odd win, but you know if you're legitimate and and you're serious about building your future, put them over. Put them over, and you should protect them as much as you protect. Because like any, you could what's, say, what's to be what's to be gained from protecting these old fogies? Yeah, you could say, oh well, Triple H put over Roman Reigns, but that match there was so much wrong with everything yeah. that was around it that that doesn't even matter. Yeah, uh, Brock beat Ambrose comprehensively. Yeah, after Triple H beat Ambrose a couple of weeks ago, the League of Nations and. Uh, the new day were, were, were which just comprised the whole W midcard. Yeah, were fed entirely to to a bunch of old fogies. AJ Styles lost to Chris Jericho, who looks like he's melting. Yeah, and um, the Wyatts got they got squashed by John Cena and and The Rock. And even John Cena is in the old fogie category these days. And almost. like even like the Ric Flair influenced the bloody. And I'm not that's not from a man perspective. It's from a star from the 1980s perspective was a, 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 a major factor in the women's match. Yeah. It's just like, it's put, push people. It's 2016. Start booking for 2016 and, and start booking toward 2020, not back toward 2000. I think that sums it up, Karen. Yep, that's WrestleMania and NXT and, and the Hall of Fame. Uh, if you liked it, let us know what you thought. If you didn't like it, let us know what you thought on t- Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Um, new show Saturday. We're back to Saturday. We're back to Saturday. We'll, we'll have a new show next uh, Saturday. Uh, we're not quite sure what we're going to talk about yet, but yep. I'm sure we'll figure something out in time for then. And if you miss Netflix and, and, and who knew best, we'll have all those back. We'll have all your favorites back in time for next week. Um we're off to not watch WrestleMania ever again. Because it's five hours long. It's seven. Seven with the pre-show. Like, literally. Uh, <laughs> like, even just the thought of... Like, if you were like, do you want to watch it again, Gar? And like, no. No. Just no. <laughs> just don't. I, I would say it, it had some highlights, but it, it was it was okay. But I, I like the way you started it's a good show. And after we've gone through it, it's just like, oh no, there was some serious problems there. The thing is, I woke up this morning being positive about it. I was like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was good overall. And then, like, Now that we've done like uh, 31 minutes, I believe, on it, yeah. it's just like, oh no, there was so much wrong. <laughs> I think the, the main thing is that they refuse to let go of the past. They refuse to trust their new people to get over. And they book it by the numbers. It's literally been the same WrestleMania for five years. Yeah, it's a, or as, more. As you said, 10 that, years. you made a really good point. There really is a template yeah. like that they just plug things into. So uh, that's WrestleMania. That's WrestleMania. Uh, we'll see you uh, on Saturday. Do, do be sure to, to to let us know what your thoughts on Twitter and Facebook, as we said. Yeah, you can so, find us on iTunes. Give us a review. Give, you can give. find us on SoundCloud.com forward slash And you can find us on YouTube. Just search TWSKK. So until Saturday, say goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.